Though this podcast is hosted by two mental health professionals, We Can't Adult contains our guests and our own personal, potentially biased opinions. We do not claim to be providing therapeutic advice, but rather ideas that you should research yourself further or discuss with a therapist. We are discussing these topics independently from the opinions and beliefs of our employers. Katie. Hi, China. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. <laughs> Just all right. Just all right. Yeah. It, it's been, it's been, yeah. It's yeah. been a time. I don't know if it's, it's been, a, been a week or if it's been a month or if it's been a year, but it's I mean, been we are drawing really close. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's been a time. Well, we're we're almost to like the one year mark of the pandemic, so there's that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if we can just yeah. like take a quick second. This time last year, I was in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Oh. And then I left and I came back and everything caught on fire. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had that experience just before everything caught on fire well and so i do want to do an honorable mention too though of my last birthday party um because that is the actual thing that happened right before we went into quarantine it was the last time that i got to spend any significant amount of time with any of my friends yeah um and now i'm turning 30 alone <laughs> Sorry. I had plans. I had so many plans and now it's going to have to wait until next year. And that's totally fine. Maybe. I'm planning big big things for Zeb's birthday and that's how I'm going to enjoy my my 30th okay. year on this planet. That's fair. Yeah. But let's bring in Dawn because I saw her take a sip and I thought that that would be the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> To introduce me as I'm drinking my coffee. Yep. yep Perfect. Yep, yep. We have Dawn. And Dawn, I want you to know, we let everybody know that like you can share as much about yourself or as little about yourself as you want. If you don't want to share your last name or where you're located, that's totally fine. Um, but do you want to give us just a little taste? That is a very deep question for somebody who's only had a pot and a half of coffee this morning. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hear that. On a Saturday, nonetheless. Um, Dawn Kendall, I, I'm in Holtney, uh, divorced mother of three children. Um, I'm excited that you're our first mom. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. The sand, don't set your bar way too high because I, <laughs> you have adulting fails and I have mothering fails. It's, um, it's all the same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, very true. All except for, you know, I think I'm doing okay because none of my kids are in juvie hall or yeah. doing 25 to life or murder or yeah, anything like that. So yeah, there are some, yeah, I think I'm doing okay as a mother right now, yeah. some days. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But we wanted you here in our honorary, um, first 
talk about the horrid Valentine's Day that's coming up. And uh... <laughs> let's not call it Valentine's Day. Let's call it what it yep. is. It is Venereal okay. Disease Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Valid. too true. yeah it's like it's there's way too much emphasis on one day out of the year it's like that one day that you're gonna give attention to that special person Mm -hmm. and and you're feeding into the capitalist the capitalist side of it like and so that being said I totally bought my partner a Hallmark card (laughs) Or no, it's not a Hallmark card. It's a shoebox card, um, oh, because it was it was so funny and cute. Um, so I am, I I am like super anti-capitalism, but I'm also very susceptible susceptible to marketing. Um, and I see things, and I'm like, yes, that's me, and then I buy it, and so I'm full of full of hypocrisies and. Um, contradictions but yeah I think it's also a you know one of those days where you know everybody who for whatever reason isn't currently in a relation the kind of relationship they want whether it's platonic um romantic sexual whatever it might be it's a great time for that uh winter depression to just hit them so very hard yeah Uh Or, and then so. let's talk about being in a in a pandemic and being isolated and how hard is it to meet people right now? I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah, boy, do I got stories for you. Yes. <laughs> even outside of the pandemic, trying to meet somebody who you can connect with is, it's so, so hard these days. It really is. Dating is not... It's not like it used to be. And I say this with China, you're going to be 30. Katie, you are going to say. Gosh, I'm going to be 32 this year, I think. Okay, so I'm in my 40s. And it's, you know, you either have, it's one side of the spectrum or the other side. Like you have individuals who just want to have that casual thing Mm -hmm. and more power to them me being the age that I'm at and and where I'm at in life, I did the casual thing. And that's like, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or you have the others who, when you have that first coffee date, like they're already planning your wedding and Ah. with them, it's like, can we find that happy medium for, for people? Like whatever happened to getting to know somebody before you're moving in with them or you're getting married or getting engaged. I mean, yeah. 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 It's hard. I have missed the entirety of online dating. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I actually, this is like, I don't know what this says about me. I don't, I don't think I've ever dated. (laughs) (laughs) So I've missed the entirety of online dating. I went into online dating for research methods in college. Our Uh research project was like we had to find something that we wanted to investigate and then create an online dating profile. So I was in a relationship. Um, 
and on OkCupid. <laughs> and it was full transparency with my partner at the time, but um, I actually made a couple of really good friendships. <laughs> <laughs> like I would meet people and like and I would do my research thing and then I would say okay I just I need you to know that this has been a research study I'm not I'm not interested in finding a relationship right. um and then they would be like all right cool and then we just you know kept talking and um that was so that was fun um but that's my yeah. only that's my only experience <laughs> I I will admit I did a tiny bit the tiniest bit of online dating um in between two very long-term relationships um where i was on gosh i think it was plenty of fish oh god and that was that just <laughs> it was uh yeah i got catfished <gasps> and then i i ended up talking to a guy for a while but they they had a little too much going on for me because uh, at one point they disappeared and came back and said, yeah, I've been sleeping for three days. Yeah. Like, mm, mm, you need to go see a doctor and I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you need yep. to go see a doctor. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, I, I don't know what that says about me because like they were into like some things that are just like, okay, well, yeah, that seems interesting. You know, they had a kid, they, None of this, which would normally be considered a turn off for people, I was, I was game, but you know, that uh, that depression thing or the possible narcolepsy, not, yeah. not, not into that. <laughs> you know, online dating, online dating really does, well for me anyway, it makes me re-examine who I am as a person. Yeah. In, in many cases, because. I, I mean, I've met some really nice people, some people that I'm, I'm friends with to this day, but I don't know. It's, it's a very scary place out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It really is. Yeah. And that I was also thinking, you know, all three of us are like mental health, like Don, Don's in a social work profession, but she's got the mental health background. And like, so all three of us are like in psychology, we're all interested in, in like the dark recesses of humanity and listening to like the murder podcasts and reading those books and watching those documentaries. And I wonder what kind of impact that has on looking for potential mates. Like, does it make you more picky? I, I mean, I don't want to say picky, but I think it does make me more cautious. Like when you're chatting with somebody and then they go, oh, well, I need to tell you something about, you know, about something that I was involved in, but it's not who I am anymore. And like, they put it out there that they, you know, they had a statutory rape on their record or whatever. And from my standpoint, it's like, Ugh, well, yeah. uh, I... You know, I'm not judging you, but mm, on the same token, yeah. I, you know, wish you the best. Yeah. Yeah. In our, in our line of work, we've seen a lot of those cases go really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, their, you know, their partner, quote unquote, you know, explained it to them 
And they were like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then 10 years later, they find out that this person is sexually abusing their child. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, as a parent yourself, I imagine that must be absolutely terrifying. Well, yeah. I, I mean, and, and when you, when you're, like, for me, when I'm dating, it's like, my kids don't come into the picture. I'll chat about right. them. I'll talk about them. But you're not going to meet them for a while because I yeah. need to. I need to vet you. I need to see who you are as a person. And it, it's really hard when you, when you don't really know them. Absolutely. And you want to run their background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other side is that you know you become overly cautious, and that person might have been fine, and they really right. did turn their life around. Yeah. Um. Might have been fine, but yeah, not a chance that not a chance that you want to take. Uh -uh. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. No, I will say that I actually used my knowledge in psychology to try and get my current partner. Oh, my God. (laughs) You need to explain. Uh... (laughs) Is this where we find out that you manipulated him? No, no, I just manipulated the situation. Um, (laughs) So, and I had known him previously. uh, So I had taken social psychology and had found out just the simple fact that, you know, the closer you live with somebody, the more likely you are to date them. So here comes this person that I've had a crush on for quite a while. They need an apartment because they're in grad school like, hmm, well, there's this really shitty house kitty corner for my current apartment. Hmm. If he's literally across the road from me, essentially, that that would bode pretty well for me because I would just be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I just, you know, pushed him in that direction to live in this really shitty, cheap uh, college housing. Um <laughs> And then became a real nuisance. Um, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, he reminds me of it all the time. Um, <laughs> his favorite thing to say is, you know, she just she'd come over and then not leave. She'd fall asleep on my <laughs> in my chair. Oh my god! <laughs> I was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> That that is not how you should try and pursue somebody. Um, ever. I actually I'm sitting here and thinking like how I envy you because even with my background in psychology, my own shit um, gets in the way, and like I I do even even with my partner that I'm with now, like knowing myself and knowing how relationships you know should work I still did that thing where like I tried to push him away like over and over and over again even like even if you can rationally tell yourself like this is not the way (laughs) to go about this I really struggled with that and so like I do I think that I think that like I admire I think that's an act of bravery on your part to be like how do I want to do this I know that I want to explore something deeper with this person. So I'm going to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
going back to uh, a previous episode of Max saying, either way, I I get great wings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's so much better. Like my strategy is like either I find somebody who has the tenacity to not allow me to push them away, thankfully, (laughs) um, or I end up with no wings. (laughs) No wings. I don't know if you listened to that episode, Dawn. Yep. <laughs> okay. All yep. right. Yep. All right. So my, my friend Max has some interesting kernels of wisdom. Um, I enjoyed them. <laughs> yeah. And I actually already bought, read, and finished the book that they recommended. So. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right. Um, so what are our fails? Dawn, do you want to start us off or do you want to end? Either or. Trying to think of some adulting fails from this past week. There's been a lot. You know, when you forget to feed your kids, when you forget to pick them up after practice. When you head out to bring them to school and realize they're not in the vehicle. I mean, take your pick. There's there's so much. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, love I think that's something so many people can relate to. And that's only this past week. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I did that with my dog yesterday. <laughs> I had him in my car and I got out to go to the post office, mail something. I got back in my car and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> You're still here. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, how did your kids respond? (laughs) So, like, they know me well enough by now that it's just, it's second nature for them. They're just waiting at the door going. Yeah, she'll come back at some point in time or (laughs) she'll feed us at some point, you know. Like, with dinners in my house, we have a lot of gourmet meals now. A gourmet meal to us is not the same as to many. <laughs> Our gourmet meals are cereal. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of effort that goes into picking out that cereal as to what of you course. want for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or, you know, fend for yourself. And um, yeah. Yeah. They I, just, I remember they're used to it. Them. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Or when they tell me like five times, mom, practice is over at four, practice is over at four, mom shows up at 4.30. Not so bad. Well, what I'm hearing though is that they haven't learned yet that they need to tell you that practice is over at 3.30. Right, right. Tell me when it, yeah, you know, but. Yeah. That's something I learned. Like I said, they're accustomed to it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and I think I think those nights of fend for yourself I had them so often when I was a kid and that that definitely wasn't wasn't the thing that traumatized me for life so um because <laughs> I ate there was food I knew how to mm-hmm. got it I knew how to get it especially when I was older all right I guess I guess mm-hmm. I'll go next um so and I talked about it a little bit before we got here because I rolled in exactly at when our um, chatting time was supposed to start, uh, holding a peanut butter and fluff sandwich 
um, which was technically my brunch because I had woken up 20 minutes prior um, because the time that we were supposed to start was at noon. (laughs) (laughs) And even though I am 31 years old, I think that's how old I am. (laughs) Once you hit 30 and after, you kind of forget, I guess, that that truism is thing um yeah so i have a real issue with actually like setting an alarm on the weekends in which case my body's just like i am going to do zero (laughs) zero things until you absolutely make me get up so and i i love that my body has this really great internal clock or anxiety (laughs) There's been lots and lots and lots of times where for whatever reason, my alarm didn't go off and I managed to wake up with just barely enough time to get to wherever I was supposed to be. (laughs) It's this interesting superpower I have. Granted, it's usually only like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to leave. So I have just enough time to throw on some disaster of a outfit. But (laughs) I have a similar internal clock, but it wakes me up way earlier than what I want or need to. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, but that that didn't happen today. Well, it woke me up again, like 20 minutes before I was supposed to be here. I did get here at like 12, 12.01. Yeah. Which was when we were supposed to be here. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> I just happened. I just happened to be carrying a peanut butter and fluff sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had an incident once where I had, I was out all night for work. And I had, I was out all night, worked one day out all night, went to work that morning and I was just dragging. And my boss is like, you need to go home and get some rest. It was in the summertime because the kids were home. Came home, told them that I was just going to lay down for a couple of hours and then I would get back up. I woke up a little bit before eight o'clock. And I am rushing around my house trying to get ready for work. I emailed my boss, like, I am so sorry I'm late. I'm going to be there as soon as I can. My daughter's sitting in the living room. My my oldest son was upstairs. My younger son was in the kitchen. And they're, like, laughing at me. And they're watching me go through my normal routine (laughs) out that I'm going to be late for work. Then finally, my daughter goes, Mom. And I snip at her because I'm, I'm trying to get out of the house. And I head to the door and she's like, mom, it's eight o'clock at night. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's like, don't you think you need to email your boss back and say that you made a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. But the little turds watched me get ready yeah. for work without saying like without saying anything. They turn on the coffee, take a shower, find something to wear, pack my work bag, and they didn't say anything. So I, they probably would have just kept a, kept their mouth shut if they yeah. I think they so wanted to see times. at what point you were gonna figure it out. And yeah. I would never have figured it out. Never. Never. I would have drove all the way into Rutland to be at my office. I would have been like, where the hell is everybody? Oh, no. 
that's the worst though when you like wake up and like you don't know how much time has passed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh no yep <laughs> um so i've been thinking about about my fail and and i'm gonna like take a little bit of a different approach at this because I think that in some ways it's an adulting fail and in some ways it's not and and I think that we find a lot of times that that's that's true when we talk about these um what <laughs> what I'm gonna say is that I am not handling quarantine well <laughs> I'm really struggling and I'm actually like I'm not even I'm not even a super social person. Like when I think of a super social person, I think of our friend Emily, who's like out every night when when things were normal, right. she was like at the bar and she was going dancing and she was hanging out with friends, doing softball, and whatever. Fre frequently forget that she had double booked. Double like, booking herself events. constantly. Yeah. And that is not me. <laughs> like I was the person who before pandemic times like got gratification out of canceling plans. <laughs> that that's who I was but now I'm finding myself like like grasping at anything I can to like get some sort of connection and like the things that would that were doing it for me for a while are not doing it like I do a lot of telehealth it's there that that screen and that barrier it's something, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not even like a physical person. Like I don't like being touched. I don't like people being close to me. So I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what the difference is between being like five feet away from somebody in person and being, you know, on the other side of the screen. I'm sure there's science behind it. But um, so I, I applied for Mentor Connector on top of, you know, my, my 40 hour work week, my nonprofit organization, volunteering for Camp Tecumta, having a podcast, um, because I just, I, I and I, I thought about it for a long time. It wasn't something that I just did um, on a whim. I've been thinking about it for a while, but something hit me this last, two, the week before last, something just hit me, and I was like, I, I need, I need it. Um, so I applied for Mentor Connector, and I had my interview um, this week. Um, but yeah, so, and I talked to my boss about it, that this is the, this is where the fail comes in. Um, because I talked to my boss about it and she was like, China, I really, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought too, when I found out. <laughs> She's like, why? She was like, I don't know. And then I've got, <laughs> and then I, I got another opportunity presented to me, um, <laughs> me by Don that I I was like oh shit I want to I want to do that too um and uh and I talked to my supervisor about that as well <laughs> because and there are 24 hours in a day yeah and I so. I mean I've got to be honest like at this point and I know that it will change but I mean at this point I don't feel overwhelmed I don't know what I, it, I don't know what it is. Um, I think, so when I, it, when I was younger, when I say younger, when I was around your guys' age, I was, I was somewhat of a, of an extrovert, 
now I'm very much so an introvert. Mm -hmm. But I think for you, China, I think it's when you're when you're an introvert, you have that power to say, I don't want to go to that or I don't want to do that. I want to be able to stay home. Mm -hmm. But when you have a pandemic who and that already makes that decision for you, it feels like that power is taken away from you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's hard. It is. It it is. And also like I don't <laughs> this is gonna sound so bonkers it's it's absolutely right like I don't get that gratification now out of canceling plans because I need them (laughs) right (laughs) like not being able to go and not like I I didn't go to D&D two weeks ago because I was just really I I was having bad anxiety and I I knew that it wasn't gonna be good for me or for anybody else um and and I didn't like enjoy canceling that <laughs> because I was like missing my friends, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that's, that's, and I'm somebody who struggles with control too. Like I like to have control over my mm-hmm. life. And there's very much not control. My family, I found out this week that my family got not, not exposed. I almost said exposed to COVID. My family has COVID. Um, and it's, it's that, it's the control, like people telling me, like my boss telling me, like, even if you were there, you wouldn't be able to see them. Like that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that's the struggle, man. So we wanted to pivot a little bit um, for this, for these two episodes. And because we are talking about relationships which obviously go along the lines of rejection because there's a lot of rejection (laughs) in relationships any relationships friendships romantic Mm -hmm. um but we something that katie had talked about um a couple of times was the concept of friend zone um the quote-unquote friend zone um because it's it's so prevalent in like movies and tv shows and also like obviously real life but it's that like Mm -hmm. like when i think about friend zoning i think about (laughs) well i'm gonna i'm gonna be perfectly honest i think white male incel like that's the person who i'm picturing talking and complaining about friend zoning um because because it is that concept of you're not in the you're not getting into the zone that you think that you should be in that you you have entitlement to be in the romantic zone yeah you were nice so you deserve yeah to be in the romantic zone (laughs) but the whole point of you being nice was to get in the other person's pants so that's icky (laughs) it's very icky yeah um so i did i looked up a couple of articles and i was telling don and katie this before we started recording that i i was getting like really annoyed um because all i did was all i did was google friend zone and rejection and it was it was all of those articles that were like how to get out of the friend zone and like stuck in the friend zone um Mm. and not a lot of like 
talking about like why why that's a dangerous term um yeah. i did find so i i was letting katie and don know that i found two articles that are a little bit different one article is just kind of like a standard it's from gq if that says anything um and it's like just a standard article it's called why being friend zoned isn't the end of the world um the, and then the the caption underneath it says we all fear the friend zone it's a form of rejection just like any other but here's how to deal with it like a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's what's really irritating about this article is like the headers are how to spot friend zoning. So like in in case you don't know, the here's here are the warning signs that you're gonna get friend zoned. Um how to get out of the friend zone. That's my favorite one. Like if somebody has told you or given you the cue that they're not interested in a romantic relationship, move on. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like what went wrong last time is one of the <laughs> is one of the things. Like, it doesn't mean that anything went wrong. It just means that they're like allowed to not like you that way. Um well, but throw a curveball into that. Mm -hmm. We all know, we probably all know somebody who has friend zoned somebody, but they continue to use that person as a fallback when the mm -hmm. current relationship or whatever they're in doesn't pan out mm -hmm. and they Your go back China. to mm -hmm. what's comfortable. Yeah, no, <laughs> and that was totally me. And I'm going to... I'm yeah I'm gonna play again I we talked I hope I hope that Nick has lost interest in this podcast at this point um we talked about this in the last episode my my first boyfriend ever Nick that I was that shitty person who was like holding him on like I had him on the hook and I always went back to him he was my safe place um and I'm going to put it back on him again. He should have just walked away. <laughs> um, I'm totally kidding, Nick. Um, very good person. Very good guy. <laughs> um, I should have been a not shitty person. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's very valid that there are definitely those those like people who friend zone and then and then remain being like flirty, just flirty enough to make you think that yep. you have a chance. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's something that, you know, goes along with, you have to learn to respect yourself enough mm -hmm. to see that and be like, okay, they say they're not interested in me, which I'm trying to be okay with, but then they keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, you know, it takes a lot of, a lot of something i don't know guts uh self-worth yeah to say that i deserve better yep i think that's a really good point that self-respect of like you know and and it's going to be hard too because maybe you lose a friend in the process um mm -hmm. 
but that's better than kind of hanging on. shit on all the time yeah yeah and i remember i had somebody at the time was a really good friend of mine and they had a similar situation where they were head over heels for this person this girl and occasionally they would hook up but they would never you know they dated off and on but then this girl would sort of drag him along while she was also like meeting up with people online so <sighs> it's it definitely hurt me to see them you know my friend go through this and eventually i'm just like i i have said everything i can say to you about this and at this point it's hurting me to watch you do this mm-hmm. right one thing that i do like about this article is that it does it does say you know if you think that you'll struggle to remain friends explain it and back off politely mm-hmm. in a noble manner that doesn't burn bridges and yeah. then it says this is how a gentleman behaves <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, and then the other article that I found that I liked, I think it's a blog post, um, but it, it says the friend zone is toxic, a lesson in dealing with rejection. Um, and I like this article, it's on medium.com, um, and that's, that's the name of the post is this the friend zone is toxic um what i like about this is that it talks about you know accepting it like accepting the responsibility yourself um because one thing that we were talking about earlier is that the friend like using the friend zone makes it not your responsibility like mm-hmm. I was friend zoned. It's not. It's not my problem. I was friend zoned. Um, right. But this article talks about taking the responsibility, and one thing that it says is that um, believing in the friend zone allows us to believe that there is a way out of it. Yeah. Therefore, yep. we never truly move on. Yep. Um, so that, that I thought was interesting. And that kind of goes back to like you were saying, Don, like if somebody, if somebody is putting you in the position where you feel like you're being friend zoned, then there's like, well, there's that chance. Like, it's like a, it's a zonal thing. Like I can move into the next (laughs) circle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which then just completely can destroy you heart and soul because they might start dragging you along in that way of like, I'm going to flirt with you or you know, I'm lonely and drunk, so I'm going to make out with you. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and on the flip side too, on being that person who's being friend zoned or whatever, um, another thing that, that this article highlights, it's literally highlighted. If you look at the article, um, <laughs> is being friends just so you can climb out of the friend zone is toxic it's manipulative and it's shallow and I definitely I experienced that when I was in between when I was in between partners um my last relationship ended horribly um and my current partner and I were not sure what was going on um 
but I've I've always gotten along really well with guys. Um, and so I suddenly had more guy friends when I was when I was single. Um, like Magically. friends coming out of the woodwork and and what's so funny is watch it seeing them drop when I started dating my current partner. Yeah. Like when Zeb and I started dating, I didn't hear from them anymore. We didn't Snapchat, nothing. And like, it's that kind of behavior that I remember being like, wow, I'm glad, I'm glad to know how, how real our friendship was. <laughs> oh my God. I remember that. Yes. It, it's just, it's so gross. And it I've, felt heard, gross. I've heard of that happening. You know, I've heard of that happening to so many people, you know, yeah, and I thought we had, yeah. like, actual friendships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people you could rely on. Because just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you didn't experience all those horrible things with your last partner and couldn't still use a huge network of friends. Yeah. <sighs> so it feels... For some you. reason, <laughs> some reason I always experienced the opposite. Um, which is people started coming out of the woodwork when I started dating somebody. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And part of that was, and I looked into it when I realized it was happening. It was because uh, a lot of times when you start dating somebody, you, you know, don't put as much worry and care into what other people think of you. Oh. So you sort of have that air of confidence so that makes sense. Yeah. Which I I never had really in my non-romantic times because I'm a serial monogamous or I was was I can't really call myself that now when we're going on 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, I was too. I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of experience of having like single time um mm. but yeah that one that one didn't feel good and if they're listening that didn't feel good <laughs> yeah um so yeah i don't know do we have any other like did we even really talk about what the friend zone is i think everybody knows that yeah but i guess i'm curious about what everybody's own definition is here you know for me it's I actually picture like all of those dickheads that went around to did school shootings because you know no girl wanted to date them if we're going from personal experience I remember vividly I had such a crush on my co-worker at Hot Topic <laughs> Because that's, of course, that's where that would be. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I had such a crush on him. And I remember, <laughs> I remember vividly walking into the store one day and he like high-fived me. And that, it was that feeling where I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess, that ins- I guess we yeah. high-five. That's fine. <laughs> That's a great clue that you, you guys, <laughs> yep. that they only see you as a friend, <laughs> yeah. which is 
fine, but it definitely hurts. And it was fine. And we're still friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, that's my, when I think of, when I think of the friend zone, I think of that high five, that specific high five. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Don, what do you think of when you think of friend zone? I think, so just like going back through a plethora of of friends and memories. I was that typical person who was always put into the friend zone. And when there was any glimmer that the that the person who put me there was interested in me, it's like I, and I'm almost ashamed to say this, but it's like I forgot everything I forgot about my friends. I forgot about what I stood for. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you want to talk to me now. So, okay, let me clear my schedule and and I'll be all yours. And then boom, they make up with a girlfriend and I'm just like waving in the back of the car. Like, Mm -hmm. bye. People in, in friend zone also can mean like when you have like when you when you have a a relationship with a friend like your your best friends and you do everything together but then they get into a relationship Mm -hmm. and you are and I've been in this position too you're out in left field like they go off and they do their thing and they're inseparable for a couple of months, which is typical of a new relationship, not knocking it, but you had a life outside of that. And, mm-hmm. and it sucked. I mean, I had a friend who did that to me over and over and over again. And it took for me to say, I'm worth more than that as a friend. And like the last time she did that to me, I, it was like the ending of a, it was the ending of a relationship. I packed up all her stuff that was in my apartment. She came over to get it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's even worse when they have kids and you have kids because then they get into like, then yeah. they become friends. And it's like, you sit back and you see the hurt that it's causing your kids. And you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to cut that tie. Yeah. So a friend zone, a friend zone can be romantic and not romantic. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. It's it's a shitty place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's got I that definitely... manipulation undertone. Mm-hmm. Both of them have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been on both ends of that. And gosh. <laughs> my my lifetime bestie slash non-bio sister because I've just known her too so long um I have put her through hell and back um and I it took me a long time to realize that I was doing that to her just that and so many other things she's a fucking saint (laughs) if you're listening you're a saint and I love you (laughs) 
I don't think and that I'm we doing have. My best. I don't think we have one episode where we have not done a shout out to Katie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She deserves it. She does. She, she was like our first Patreon, and yep. yeah, she's she's the best. Yeah, but she's. I made her go through so very much. <sighs> yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I've had lots of friends who did the same thing to me. Of mm-hmm. I'm now chopped liver over here. It's cool. Part of me is kind of thankful that my current partner, we didn't really do that. I didn't really do that. But part of that was because I was already so isolated because all of my other friends had just graduated from college and here I am still at college. So they're off starting lives while I'm here uh-huh. in grad school. <laughs> so it's pretty much just me and my partner. <laughs> I think that that's been a pretty stark contrast for me between what's a healthy relationship and what's an unhealthy relationship because my Mm -hmm. last relationship was a very unhealthy relationship it was very toxic abusive and I know that I was that person when I was with him that I would put him before anything else and I had friends talking to me about it and and I was like meh um Mm -hmm. and and I like I've been with my current partner for three years and I still think about I'm like this is so different like I feel like I can go and do things and we can come back together and like we're excited to see each other um and like it's just it's such a such a difference and like I don't know I don't know because Katie's known me I mean I've known Don the longest if we're being totally honest. Right, um, <laughs> but Katie, I mean, I don't know if Katie noticed a difference when. Yeah, not, not really, which, <laughs> you know, at the time I mostly just connected it to you used me as a sounding board for whether or not you were going crazy um, between recovering from your last uh, relationship and the in-between of should I, shouldn't I get into this new thing? Mm -hmm. So, and then even after you guys were, I was still kind of your sounding board. So I don't think you ever really (laughs) did that, but it helped that I don't, I think your partner really encouraged you to go and process it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's been a big thing too, is that like having, having a partner who guilted me for going out and doing things versus having a partner who is like, yeah, when are you going to be home? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's hard to find. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm lucky. Um, it always throws me for a loop whenever like Mike's friends, my partner's friends, they, they always seem surprised with whenever he's like yeah let's you know we're gonna go let's go do this this and this because he's sort of an ambivert am- amnivert i don't know how you ambivert ambivert so he kind of does a little bit of everything and loves being outside mm-hmm. um which i like outside when there's not weather <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um. So, like right now, he's ice fishing. Um, 
<laughs> I know. Yeah, every time she says that, I'm like, why? <laughs> he's a polar bear. Um, anyways, <laughs> so my point was is that his, you know, he's had friends say like they can't believe that I just let him go do things like that. Like he went and had a a poker night with some friends. I don't care. I don't want to go with you, but go have fun. Don't get too drunk. Let me know if you need me to come get you. But where does where does that mindset come in? You let him go. You let right. her go. Did you yeah. ask permission? Yeah. Well, right. Like, I mean, I, I can remember toxic. in in. Now I've been married twice. In my second marriage, I mean, I can remember having to ask permission to go hang out with a friend. It's like, mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't realize it at the time, but it's not about permission. It's like, it's just, I can see asking your partner out of respect. Right. Like, right. The guys and I want to go ice fishing. Do you have anything planned or did yeah. you need me for anything? Right. Yeah. But like, I got permit. I, I just playing it over in my head. It feel, It's like being 10 yeah. years old again. Oh, my mommy gave me permission yeah. to go outside and play. <laughs> right. You know? And it's this, yeah, I hate to say it, but it's definitely like media portrayal of how, you know, heterosexual middle class relationships should be. Yep. And it's so toxic because a healthy relationship is you have your stuff, I have my stuff, and then we have our stuff together. Mm-hmm. I know. I always, um, because I am, I'm very aware of that too like you said, Don, because my last relationship was that, like asking permission um, or like if I, God forbid, had something planned, I always got questioned. Um, and so now I'm very aware of that. And like when my partner, he still does it. My partner will like ask if he can go and do something. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Like, why? Why? Why do I care? Why are you asking? Yeah. <laughs> why do you need my permission? And it's different, though. It, like you said, it's different from being like, and he does this sometimes now, too, where he'll say, like, hey, I was going to go up and visit my parents this weekend. Um, and then we can say, like, I can say, like, oh, I thought we were doing this. Like, it can be that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not like the, like, is it OK? Are you going to be upset if I go and do something? Because that just it feels icky. Mm hmm. Yeah. And people wonder how come so many spouses kill one another. I mean, come on. <laughs> Back to the true crime. I'm so uh, excited for the next <laughs> section where we ask Don to talk us through. <laughs> to talk us through that. Um, and we can jump into that if you want to take a quick break. Yes, break, yes. please. I feel bad because I've been super fidgety. So I'm going to apologize now. Shudder. I'm so sorry. I'm cold and I keep fidgeting and I know you're a great engineer. Last time I apologized for clicking my pen and this time I like straight up like. (laughs) I'm I'm literally sitting here adjusting a blanket that I threw on myself mid recording and Anyways, let's take a break. I'm going to go get another piece of banana bread. Coffee. 